You know what I was known for in high school? Cutting off my jean shorts. <laughs> Welcome to the Beatitudes podcast, a podcast. Oh, yes, there we go. Yes. A podcast for Christian men seeking to serve the Lord while growing in holiness with each other, holiness and humor, in fact. And uh, my name is Paul Kolker. I am joined by Jeff Scheffelbein. Howdy. And Nick Besner. What's up, everybody? And today we have a phenomenal guest, the one, the only, the magician, Giancarlo Bernini. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be here. Is he really here? I, I think he just appeared. I mean, I feel like it's such a beautiful illusion, but you're in our office. This is, yeah, I know, and it's Studio. beautiful in here. Look at this. It's all <laughs> like that with, uh, yeah. We have a bookcase. Bookcase and, and uh, more books and a lot Re- of books real in books. here. Real books. A lot of real books. books and, yeah. But yep. there is one that if you pull it, the whole the thing. The whole thing. What? I was about to have, you know, <laughs> Hey, Hogwarts. You, are you going by a stage name, Giancarlo Bernini? Yeah, no, no, that's my real name. My, my parents named me that, and then they were, like, surprised that I decided to be a magician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were fated. No. Yeah, th- there's no other route for John Carlo Bernini. <laughs> right. That's just that's just it. It's just this is this is my destiny. Yeah. It, it would have only been worse if your last name had already been Copperfield. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do, were your parents magicians? <laughs> yeah. No. No. My my dad knew one card trick, and uh, then he he showed me that when I was nine, and then uh, I kind of snowballed from there. Is that really where it started? That's really where it started. Card. Oh, one wow. card trick. And then again, they keep asking me, like, oh, who would have known? I'm like, you did this to me. You <laughs> all you you you've been it's like you planned it. Like you put little little breadcrumbs in my life. Mm. Incredible. Did That's they ever awesome. do the part where their thumb disappears? Oh yeah, no. Um I had I had some some friends at school and it still happens when when he's like, Oh, can you do this thing? And they, they do it to me. <laughs> so then I'm always like, Oh, let's switch thumbs, and, and it's great. <laughs> Whose thumb do you have currently? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, tell us through this journey. Well, first of all, there's not many people who know a magician personally. Yeah. We all know you, and I feel very cool knowing a magician. Do you go by magician? Is that what we call you? Yeah, yeah. And and that's always just like, oh, you're you're but you're Catholic, so are you like an illusionist or magician? I'm like, I don't care enough about the the label, right? Sure. Like I, I go by magician because that's what everyone and, and weirdly enough in the magic industry when you use the word illusion or illusionist you're talking about a very specific hmm. kind of magic trick so i feel weird calling myself an illusionist and then, um, <laughs> then you don't do illusions and i don't do <laughs> and, and, and i don't do but 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 even for churches it's like no everything i'm doing is an illusion you have to say that but when you in magic uh in the magic industry when you say illusions, normally you're talking about big box stuff. So cutting people in half, mm. making people disappear, making elephants appear. That's what we refer to as illusions. So I always feel very weird. I'm like calling myself an, an illusionist because I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm what magicians call stage or parlor magic is what I do. But mm. yeah, anyway, but this is all technical. Yeah. No, yeah. This, but is, jar- this is all jargon, but there's a whole, yeah. Just, like, magic. just like any industry. Yeah. <laughs> right. But magic is not so. You're saying like when you're talking to churches, you're you're not saying, oh, I actually cast spells or what have you. Like, <laughs> of course not. It's like no, there there are there are there are there are. I, what I like to say is is there's a secret behind all of this. This yes. is what I like to say. I I I I like to and there's a weird place of I I hate that moment where you have to 
because you have to. There, there's always, you know, there's always that that weird fear of like, oh, a magician in a church. And and for me, it's like, no, I I it's 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 a really cool art form, and it is, you know, illusion in the normal sense of the word. But but there's this weird feeling of, you know, like when Peter Pan walks on stage. If you're watching a play, he doesn't have to constantly remind the audience he's not really Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> like. Touche. That right. would have helped me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like this weird feeling of like, well, I, I don't like having to constantly tell the audience no. everything I'm doing is fake. Um, so there's interesting, there, there's there's very nuanced ways that I've learned to try to do that. And there's one point in the show where I talk about what an optical illusion is and I demonstrate it. And I say something like everything in the show is a version of this, whether it's optical or psychological or mm. something in between. And then hopefully that, that kind of lays that groundwork of like, yes, everything I'm doing is not real, but we don't have to dwell on that. And also I don't have to use the word illusionist. Yeah. And have you found in this exploration and this growing up, you're, you're obviously um, a man of faith and I hope people that are watching get to follow you and learn more about that. But the connection between what you're doing on stage and faith, I'd love a reflection on, on how that works out for you. Yeah. Um, well, f there's a couple of different, there's two different ways that that plays out. One of them being uh, that magic is a really cool art form. Um, the behind the stuff, the behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to see, the secret side. There's so much creativity, so much cleverness uh, that it's it's such a cool art from that side of it. And and in my brain, anywhere that there is art and creativity uh, is a place where the Holy Spirit is at work. Because mm. uh, you know, I always like remembering that you know, inspired comes from in in the spirit. So anything that's kind of like inspirational or creative or anything like that, you know, um, there's good in that. And yeah. God's at work there. So so. I like I it it's the uniqueness of not a lot of people think of magic as an art form the way that you think of like dance or painting or music or anything like that but but it, but it is in a sense right and on the other side is there are things in the faith that can be explained really well um, through analogies or examples in a magic show yeah uh, you know I I recently did a talk on. Uh, what it means, what the mysteries of faith means. You know, you hear at mass the mystery of faith. What, what is what is the mystery of faith? What does that mean? And and a magic show is a really cool way to talk about mystery because that's kind of everything you're seeing is a mystery, and you're kind of okay with it. You're not struggling with the mystery. You're not like I hate that I can't understand this. You're like I kind of love that I can't understand this. Mm, that's awesome. Like an openness to the transcendent or the openness to the part that you can't see. To being swept up in something that's beyond what you're aware of, maybe. Right, and, and 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 kind of using like truth, beauty, and goodness as a way to kind of navigate uh, what 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 the, what's un in currently an incomprehensible thing. Hmm. You yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that uh, it reminds me of that definition of mystery. It's not something we can't know anything about. It's something we can't know everything about. For sure, and even the sense that maybe you can understand it, but maybe it's not designed to be understood. It's mm. not something that God's like, okay, if you understand it, that's great. If you don't understand it, that's great. I didn't, I didn't do this so that you would understand it. I did this because it has a purpose, uh, whether you understand it or not, that the, whether you understand it is secondary to what this is. And that's kind of like a magic trick. Yes. I was, I was going to say that, but I wanted you to say it. Thank you. <laughs> John Carlo, is there many people running around in this niche of Christian magician yes and no uh <laughs> it, it's a well, mystery it's a mystery <laughs> i don't know what to do with this there's there's a lot of there's a lot of christian magicians all tons of them just um, not in, good in ones the world. <laughs> no no and they're great and they're 
There are some really gr- great. Yeah. No, there yeah. are some really phenomenal ones. Um, yeah. In the Catholic world specifically, there's hardly any at all. Hmm. And so I remember growing up, being into magic, being Catholic, and there's these Christian illusionists, and they're always going to my friend's churches, but they're never coming to mine. And and so uh, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's similar enough to, yes, sharing the gospel through magic is a common thing. There's a lot of people out there doing it. In the Catholic world specifically, kind of a smaller niche. Yeah. And do you, in your magic, do you say abracadabra? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. It's there's a good there's question. A, no, it's a great question. Thank you. Um, I, do, I, I don't only because there's, uh, I guess I just never have. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't because see, I won't. <laughs> why, now I'm self I'm thinking about like, why, why haven't I? No. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a cool moment where I, in the show, where I use a magic word. Um, and we have some fun, it's, it's like a joke, uh, with the audience, which you have to see the show to understand. But, uh, you know, it's what, one thing that I was reading recently was, uh, you know, the words hocus pocus, mm-hmm. um, originally come from the Latin words of consecration. Go on. Uh, during the mass. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so back in the day, magicians were trying to find magic words and they're trying to figure out. Um, what is the closest thing to a magic word word that people actually believe in? Yeah. And back, you know, in medieval Europe or whenever this was, it was like, oh, well, people believe that when a priest says these things, and they're not Catholic, they don't understand, but they're like, oh, when a priest says these things, something magical happens. So they they parodied the mag- they parodied the Latin words of consecration. Um, I think it's uh, uh, my Latin's not great, but hocus mam corpus or hocus corpus mam, something like that. That's pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 they took their like oh it sounds like and then they just said hocus pocus and and that's where that originally comes from. Wow, my actual question about abracadabra is because I heard that one time, but I got my <laughs> I got my magic terms confused. So thank you for <laughs> were you oh. go, were you going were you trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to, to say I was trying to get you to that story, but I was like, wait, is it abracadabra? Oh. No, <laughs> abracadabra is I I create as I speak, uh, which I I wondered about using that to talk about creation ex nihilo and like you mm. know the fact that God can create from nothing and nothing else happens like that. No one else, no one else and nothing else comes from nothing. Only God can do that. Um, but I haven't, I haven't figured out how to tie that together because the weird thing is like, it's also like, a, I don't know if that hocus pocus thing is a great thing. Yeah. Like I'm not a big fan that they parodied the words of concert. I don't think that's John Carlo. Right. Can you, I don't care where you are next trick or next time you're doing tricks. Can I say that doing tricks? I don't know yeah. what you do. What you call? I want you to yell transubstantiation. <laughs> Just see how it goes. <laughs> that you might get struck by lightning. But yeah. That's, yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe add that. That'd be a great trick. Just add that to the list this. of what not to do. Right. Um, Jeff is good for ruling out certain yeah. options. Well, well, that, that lightning strike would be awesome to watch. <laughs> but but here's the thing: is it's figuring out how how to how to use magic to share the gospel has is also a, a, a an interesting craft because sometimes you know you'll get a youth minister who will reach out and say hey um can you do come and do a trick we're talking about miracles can you come and do a trick where you like turn water into wine and i was like that's the worst thing i could do yes the whole point of this is being like jesus can actually do this thing if you bring a magician in who can also do the thing that 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 hurts the message entirely yeah that's that's not what happened it was real right exactly it was real then i can replicate it fake in a fake way but but that's not helpful to anyone so so figuring out where magic serves to share the gospel and where it doesn't is also an interesting thing because there are connections that I can make that are not helpful connections that are not, not based in truth. It's a fine line. 
Yeah, right. like you could leave an impression in somebody's mind of like, oh, well, it could just all be a trick. Exactly. And that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. Wow. It makes me think of you, the impressionist, Paul. He's the illusionist. You're the impressionist. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yum. Well, I got to say, when you're on stage, you do this great combination of kind of wit and humor and tying it back when you're in a, an audience that's ready for it to the gospel, to, to faith, to miracles. Um, how have you found humor playing into this evangelization, this call to the apologetics of how you're able to face, uh, face the world as a, a public figure? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think humor is just key to getting people to relax, right? To, to just feel at home, feel comfortable. Um, and it's also not something that comes naturally to me. I am not good, you know. Um, at so I actually started taking the improv classes that yeah I'll it's pretty cool he's, yeah he's shown up at some improv awesome. classes because yeah. because I'm not great at it I like scripted I like which is why I like performing because I like <laughs> I like I I'm in control of the conversation and I if I tell a joke it 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 feels like I might be making it in the moment but I promise most people when they come on stage they all do the same thing they all make the same mistakes and yeah. I know what joke to make because it's worked a million times um so so that's actually something that I've had to work on. And that's why I'm in those improv classes because I want people to feel comfortable. I want right. to be able to, and feel like I'm connected to them. Like I'm not going through motions on stage. Well, and it's pretty cool because he worked with Oliver, who's one of our guys who actually does magic. Well, for tell fun. everybody your background real quick. Oh so. yes. Yeah. So I, I perform uh, improv every weekend with a group called four day weekend, but I also uh, do some of my own gigs and things like that as well. And so I've basically been doing improv off and on for the last 20 years. And there's a training component that you can bring in a John oh, Carlo. Yeah. Absolutely. And so there's there's principles that make for better improv or not or make for better jokes or not. And so uh, Giancarlo's actually gone and done some of our, the classes that we offer and they're they're free classes. And he's gone and, and done it with uh, with four day weekend in Fort Worth. And they're awesome. Yeah. And, and specifically, Oliver over there does some magic tricks and knows cool. a lot of magicians. And so the two of them connected and had kind of a meeting of the minds. Yeah, that was great. That was really because I didn't even know that when 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 I took the class that he was into magic. Well, yeah. We, when you said you were going over there, I was like, "Ooh, this this could be good. Oliver might be teaching that class. Spicy. When Nick and I saw you <laughs> on stage at a recent event, um, you were super funny. So I'm going to credit the improv training a little bit sure. and also your your hard work and also just remember your parents didn't name you Groucho Bernini. Right, right. So you're not that's not your calling. You're just gonna show up for it. <laughs> Catch that one it's it's a Gen X reference to Groucho yeah. Marx. For all of our forty plus Good members night. of the crowd. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right we, right over my head, Jeff. I'm a millennial. I'm speak there's like eight percent of our listeners who totally got that. Well speaking of humor, we want to play a game with you. Okay? Yes. But you're gonna be the judge on the first round and we get to the bonus, you're gonna be a participant in a game that has a new name, Paul. Ooh. That's right. Uh in honor of the Beatitudes, we call this Blessed Are the Joke Makers. Ooh. They <laughs> shall inherit the points. That's it. That <laughs> is it. <laughs> We'll see how that you holds up. You can tell there was a lot of brainstorming to get to that one. So, oh yeah, no, I appreciate that. Too Judging your face, I don't know if we finished the brainstorming yet. <laughs> yeah, we we might just be on the first iteration. Here we go. Jeez. All right, but so what's going to happen improv here? Improv laughter, Bernini. Yeah, he's real good. He's real good at that um, acting. Okay, so so the first up, uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to read a character card and then a question card that goes with it, and we all have to answer that question as that character. So we got to kind of take on a, a new persona, a new face for, for a sec here. So put some time on the clock, and we'll have a chance to think of this. It's Angriest Road Rager. So the Angriest Road Rager, and in, in quotes, it's, In high school, I was known for blank. 
10 seconds on the guitar. Oddly enough, being the designated driver and taking everybody everywhere calmly. In high school, I was known for going over the hills and far away to grandmother's house. (laughs) I was known for cutting off all the other teenagers in the hallway in the passing period. You know what I was known for in high school? Cutting off my jean shorts. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty good. Also a uh, Gen X reference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In high school, I was the shortest man on the wrestling team, and and I could fight anybody, and I lost it. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I found a bird upside down, I would go over there and flip the bird. (laughs) That's a good one. That's great. Giancarlo, you got to pick somebody who just (laughs) won this game. Which, by the way, everybody did the same voice. We morphed into the same guy, (laughs) which makes no sense. That's the road rage. I think that you overcome. Well, and I think Giancarlo did it to us. I think that he somehow (laughs) illusioned us into being the same character. That's that's called mentalism. If you start messing with people's brains, (laughs) I do know that there's that difference. You can't do that in the Catholic Church. Right. Right. All right. Who won? (laughs) (laughs) Psychological illusions. Um, I uh, I got I got to say, Paul, because uh, because of of the character, uh, we all did. Bird. Yep. The bird was a good. It was the bird. It was the bird. Thanks. I was like, well, congratulations, Paul. Thanks. Sixty-two points on the board. Wait, Mm. why six? Last time it was like seventy-seven. Because of how many at-bats we all just had. (laughs) Touche. It was very painful. (laughs) Well, good. Well, listen, for being our celebrity judge today, we have a surprise for you. Uh Oh. So this comes from our sponsor, Sock Religious, and we have a pair of socks for you. But I I thought how appropriate right around the Easter time when we're recording this and also given your focus on the transcendental and faith, we're giving you a pair of socks that are the empty tomb. Oh, my gosh. So you have empty that tomb awesome. socks. I haven't even seen these. These are amazing. I love soccer. Let's, I've never seen these socks. Well, they're yours now. And uh, I you. hope when I see you on the TV that uh, I'm able to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, 70 years old? <laughs> on the on TV. TV. <laughs> what a break. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back, everybody. Sitting here with Giancarlo Bernini. And all my buddies. The Magnificent. I don't know. I'm going to add that in there. Dude. I'll take, I'll take it. That works. Giancarlo, dude. Dude. He is a dude. dude. Total dude. Uh, and one of the things that, that caught me from the first segment there, Giancarlo, was uh, the word inspiration and, mm. and your reflection on that. That's something I hadn't heard before. Um, what was, I mean... You said your dad showed you a magic trick, but I, I feel like everyone had that experience. There was something that must have inspired you to continue beyond, you know, that junior high or elementary school. Like everybody yeah. has that moment of magic is awesome. And you continued down that path. Like, yeah, how did that happen? Well, I kind of feel like growing up, I was into magic before I was into magic tricks, if that makes any sense at all. So, uh, watching it my, does not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's we, we are not magicians. No, my my 
No, my my favorite movies growing up were Aladdin and The Sword in the Stone uh, and oh. all these movies with magic in them. I sure. was I was fascinated by them, right? Uh, Disney World fascinated me. Um, and then my parents, uh, you know, were very weirdly lenient about letting me do crazy things. So when I wanted to build like an epic treehouse with like tunnels and stuff, like they let me try and and cool. and helped me with it. And when my my uh, at one point my grandmother I was a little kid, she had this attic which she transformed into what we called Peter Pan's cave, and it was just a game, it was just this giant gamer. Amazing. And and then she turned it into like we called it a secret agent hideout as I got older. So growing up, it was kind of like this thing of like. They were just really good about letting me do crazy things, like like just just chase imaginary ideas. So when my dad teaches me this card trick, then I was like, this is the closest thing to real magic that I've ever experienced. And then how can I now take this and do something crazy with it, right? Um, at the same time, also awkward kid, really hard time making friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So card tricks become an easy way to socialize, break the ice, um, mm. kind of a social crutch. And so... It, it, it was a tool for me to, to make friends. And recently, you know, once I gained self-confidence, really learning through magic, it became a, a way for me to go, okay, now instead of it being something to serve myself, how can I make this something to serve the people around me? That's awesome. You know, man. And thanks for putting that out there too, because I don't think everybody realizes just how much that the, the passage of in our weakness, he is strong, right? That that somehow in those moments where we think we might look back and say, oh, those were moments of weakness or those were moments of awkwardness or whatever you want to call it, somehow God works in that yeah. to bring about something greater where now you are going around all over the U.S. and inspiring people and, and, and helping them maybe realize that, hey, this is something I could do or this is or I should follow this passion. Right. And one of the things that I've been struggling with more recently is like the, the feeling of, I guess, for lack of a better word, imp imposter syndrome mm. of, of going to do a, a show. Like I'm on my way to do a show at a parish event where I'm supposed to talk to the kids about how to follow Jesus, quote unquote, or whatever the theme is. And I'm feeling like Dude, my prayer life is in the toilet right now. I'm not praying enough. Uh, I haven't been in confession. Uh, like, like who am I to stand in front of these kids and talk to them about Jesus and how to follow Jesus when I'm doing such a bad job of doing it myself and learning <laughs> this is such. This is so recent. It's weird even talking about it. But learning, God's like, yeah, you should be praying more. You should have gone to confession. I still want you to do this show because I still want to use that. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. and just being okay with that and not letting the temptation and the the lie of, oh, you're not good enough to be doing it, or you can't do this until you're good enough to be doing it. Well, good on you too because you're not using the fact that you're invited. You have the mic. You have the stage as an excuse to not have to keep going further, to not pursue your relationship with Christ as if you've somehow plateaued or you're, you're okay because they called me to be here. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change the interior journey that you're on with Christ. Yeah, no, no, but it's actually, it's actually scarier because of some of, some of the events with some of the other people on the panel, like they're people who look like they have their, you know, everything together. And that's the other thing I've been learning is no one has everything not together. True. But, it's an illusion. But, but, but I, I, you hear that all the time, like nobody has everything together. But I, it's like, no, really, no one has everything together. That's right. And, and, and learning that has been uh, weirdly comforting of like, we're all striving and we shouldn't, that's not a, a, an excuse to be complacent, but also like God uses you as you're growing, not until you've finished growing. 
The story of all the people that played into your life, your family and Peter Pan's attic, whatever yeah. we called that. Um, Secret agent mission. Yes. Something. Like the way this all played out, it's almost like, it sounds contrived. Like, let's make a magician. Enablers. But I think like if, in hindsight, if I, and I, I'm curious kind of their, their view of this, but if I'm one of your family members, if I'm somebody who contributed to this, I also would sit here and say, I see God's hand working through my past when I was raising Giancarlo, you know, introducing him to things, letting him be free to explore and express and not have the pressure of being the popular kid that, you know, has to fit a certain mold because now you're impacting literally thousands of people on a regular basis, both online and in person. So I feel like in hindsight, anybody can see that God's hand was working through them as well. What's that relationship like now that you are a magician? Is there, I mean, I might be asking you to divulge all the family secrets here, but is it pretty interesting for your folks to come and see a show or, or know what you're doing? Yeah, it's kind of cool. I remember the moment, because I kind of remember telling my parents I wanted to be a magician, and they were like, okay, we're going to go to college, and you're going to get a degree, and then you can try this, and if, if it picks up, then you can go, go do that, but you're going you're gonna to get a job, right? And it was like sophomore year of college, or freshman year of college, that I did my, uh, I did a ticketed event. First time I'd ever done a ticketed event. Wow. Uh, was, it was the first semester of my freshman year, and second semester I did another one, and my parents were able to make that one. And the, you know, I just told all my friends, tell all your friends to come, and we were doing a fundraiser. And it was packed, and it was, it was, you know, trying not, not try not to be arrogant here, but it was a really good show. Yeah. And, and I, I was really proud of it for, for I what was I was doing. Awesome. <laughs> no, it was a really, it was a great show. And, and my parents were in the audience. And afterwards, I remember the moment that they were like, we think you can do this. Th- this is, a, this is a thing you can do. Like, if you keep doing this, you can be a magician. Which, which, it just became real for them. It became like a good for them. Oh, wow. Like he can, he can actually do this. And good for them for for having the courage to even encourage that, especially at that age when you're sitting there with the pressure of like, what what firm are you going to go work for when you graduate from college? <laughs> Incredible. Well, we want to play a game with you. It's called sure. the Beatitudes game, TBD, and we have our Beatitudes cards here. So we're going to be going through a, a question for you. But um, all four of us are going to answer this question. It's not even a game. That's not true. This is just a... Uh, conversation starter. We encourage everyone at home to ask the same conversation of whoever they see next in their life after listening to this. Uh, But a simple question, reflect on a time for us that was one of the most trying times of your life. What is one of the most trying times in your life? When I ask that question, you know, what, what kind of sparks up or jumps up for you in that question? Paul or Nick want to go first? Yeah. I mean, something that springs to mind anyway, was just the discernment process and, taking the risk to go to seminary and, and I mean, and even kind of like what you're saying with, you know, putting on this show, right. Where you're, you're taking a risk to put something out there and saying, is this going to be the right thing? Now it turned out in your case, that was the right fit. And, and for me it was okay. Well, you know, I, I felt like I needed to give this a shot, but then what does it look like afterwards when I determined that that wasn't the correct course for me? And um, and it was with a lot of prayer and guidance from my spiritual director and everything. And I think people do need to realize that you, you can enter seminary, but you can also like that. That's a dating sort of relationship, so to speak, where you can then say, all right, well, maybe that's not who I'm called to, to spend the rest of my life with. And, um, but then on the other side of that, leaving seminary, I remember having a real kind of dark night of the soul of, well, 
where does that leave me now? And especially since that was my identity, basically was a, a Dallas seminarian for three and a half years or, or yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, about three and a half years. And so, you know, who am I now? What does that mean? Am I, am I actually still following God? And did I just make this decision selfishly? You know, and there's all those kinds of doubts that can creep in. So that I would say that moment kind of right afterwards was, was just tricky in terms of feeling a little lost at sea. Thanks for sharing that. I actually think we should do an entire show on what you just described. That's, it goes very deep, I think, into like a process of discernment, a process of ego in discernment, like discerning out of something has a play of like, it, was I wrong? Am I going to look wrong? Did I waste that time? Yeah. Or yeah. Or, what or, are they going to think of me? Yeah. What, what is my home parish going to think? Who's been rooting for me? That yeah. kind of stuff. Your yeah. pictures on the wall. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just cover that up? <laughs> Put a sticky note over it. Draw a mustache on that guy. <laughs> don't know him. <laughs> Who is Paul Polker? <laughs> and why does that K look like a P? That's awesome. Yeah, how did I turn a K into a P? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's, Anyways, yeah. it should have been call. Rol- Rolker. Yep, got yeah. it. There we go. Nicholas? Uh, yeah, what's coming up for me uh, in, in high school, I broke my leg uh, playing football. And this is at a time where I just turned 16, so I just got my driver's license. Uh, I played football, I played basketball, I ran track. Uh, that sort of was then taken away um, for the better part of a year. Um, and I remember in the hospital just, you know, turning to tears, not because of physical pain, but because I was realizing what was getting taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Um taken away from me and the, you know, let down of not being there to support my teammates going into basketball season or, or track. Um, and that was, you know, probably one of the first like real struggles I faced, um, like had a blessed childhood and, and that sort of thing, but that was like real impact and, and, um, yeah, left a mark. Yeah. You kind of just have a big hole where you were getting so much of the the time and the uh, connection to and uh, the validation of everything you've been working on. Now you're kind of stuck. Literally, it was a really bad break, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I broke my femur and I was in a wheelchair for three months. That's and so the, the big one. <laughs> yeah. Had to uh, had to learn how to walk again. And this is at a time where, you know, I'm very athletic and I want to get faster and stronger every year. And, and I'm really getting into that season um, you know, everyone has those aspirations, like maybe I could play something in college and yeah. know, that just kind of all got wiped away. I'm one of these guys who loves to share trying times. So listening to y'all, I was like, oh yeah, I can remember something like that. I can remember something like that. So in listening to y'all, I came up with a different answer, which is, uh, when I was starting my sophomore year at A&M, I had basically gotten to this place where I thought I was, uh, kind of above everything from a brazen, independent and really self-loathing person. It was like a dark time for me. And the mm. way I dealt with it was uh, drinking. And then in drinking, uh, but it wasn't alone. It was like a party drinking, like a masking the pain by being the life of the party drinking. And um, wasn't afraid to drive a car when I did it. So I was guilty of that several times. By the grace of God, I got pulled over uh, about one o'clock one night and was guilty of the crime and had not been in any sort of an accident. And I can tell you that even in an inebriated state, there was this moment of, oh, thank God, this is the beginning of a new chapter. Like it's the end or the wow. death of a chapter. Wow. Um, 
I cried when they cut off this bracelet when I was, you know, they're like checking you in. It's not a check-in. I think they're booking you, but they're like cutting <laughs> off this bracelet. Welcome to your stay <laughs> yeah. at our palatial estate. Will it be a queen or <laughs> two twins? So when they're cutting it off, I remember like one of my mentors had given me this cool bracelet from Guatemala. And I was like, this is devastating. It's just a little bracelet, but it meant something to me. Mm. And it wasn't getting caught. It wasn't getting punished. It wasn't pleading guilty. All those things uh, I was actually totally fine with. It was being such a giant letdown to my family, being the youngest kid and having to work through this process of telling my parents that I actually had been arrested. All these good things have come of it and we can talk about that some other time. But um, yeah, it was it was a trying time to be a good kid that, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, all these like biblical references of honoring your mother and father and that was just would tear me in half. Mm. So that was a dark time, but um, I'm so glad the story is what it was because it caused me to be formed into being who I am. So what about you, my friend? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I briefly alluded to it earlier, but, uh, this time specifically with, with the pandemic and with COVID, uh, I graduated college in 2019. So I go right into, I'm going to be a full-time magician. And Mm -hmm. not only does the entertainment industry just die in like three months, but, uh, I also was, had left this community of people, uh, that were my super close friends, and I now need to move to a new city and make new friends, and suddenly I can't make friends. Oh. And uh, growing up, like I said, having a really hard time making friends, I kind of always felt like I needed to stay relevant and felt like I have to uh, secure and check on my relationships and maintain relationships and try hard to keep my friendships. So that's why, you know, a lot of the tricks I was learning was, uh, oh, I need to learn something so that I have something cool to show my friends tomorrow. Otherwise, they're going to stop being interested in me. And that's a feeling that persisted. So even, you know, through COVID, uh, just the pandemic, the, you know, not only not being able to go to mass and not being able to go to Bible study, um, but also not being able to make friends in the new city I was in and just being alone was it was like a a, a crippling loneliness where I with 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 anxiety and depressive symptoms thrown in. That was just it was just a mess that I was wallowing in of like what is happening. And and yeah, it was it's weird because it's, it's all in my head. But it's 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 still worse than anything I've experienced, like physically, if that makes sense. Well, but it's also not just in your head in right. the sense that we're we're called to communion, right? Is the whole idea? So we're called to community. We're called to obviously the the sacrament of communion. Um, but but yeah. So when you're cut off from all of that yeah. and you are isolated, and that's a that's a physical isolation that then you're just feeling on an interior basis. But it is, I mean, isolation is a is a form of torture as well. Yeah. For I mean, sure. yeah. or it's used that way. And then the stories we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. That's the most powerful narrative in our lives. Right. So if that's the one that's on repeat, that can get you. <laughs> I think the timing of when COVID hit for everybody that has the same story that you have, that's a pretty unique time. And I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt the high school kid, the college kid. There's something about that new, you're, the entrance to adulthood gets completely wiped out. Yeah. Mm. I think everybody has their own pains from it. It's a lot different to be, you know, a man that has four kids when it starts and my house is a zoo and there's no downtime ever. Like I was in a very unique spot where somebody who's established in their career for 20 years or their neighborhood for three years, like all those things can play out a lot different than you graduate and move and now the world shuts down. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think a lot of people can can connect to that. Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. I never really talk about that. Well, it's part of the... TBD deck that it's going to be online for you to purchase soon. Do you know what I didn't tell anybody earlier? That you can get Beatitudes 
uh, discounts on sockreligious.com by oh, going yeah. to sockreligious.com slash beatitudes. What a weird time to bring up a plug, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how we lighten it up. But you know what this, what we just did here, I think is a great example of authentic fraternity. So this is a Christ centered friendship opportunity. And that idea that we cover wit and wisdom, humor and holiness and everything in between. I'm glad to be your friend with or without the magic. Appreciate that. I love getting to know you guys as well. Like you guys are awesome, and I'm so inspired by things like all the cool stuff you guys are doing. Like this podcast. Like this is this is what the church needs. It's That's awesome. right. That's right. Well, we're happy to hear that. So we're going to do a cool thing to finish out. Have you ever heard of Reverse Simpsons? No. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why would you, you have, even ask you that? Have now. <laughs> Just to see if he watches the other show oh, we did. Oh, fair. <laughs> yeah, fair. So uh, the Simpsons starts every episode differently. There's always nuances. We finish every episode differently. So what we're going to do is a very special reverse Simpsons, never been done before. That's why it's called reverse Simpsons. And um, we are going to <laughs> we are going to introduce you on stage one at a time, and we're going to pick out three <clears throat> cards here, three letters, and each of us has to use in our introduction, our three word introduction for you, a word that starts with each one of these letters. The first letter is V. You see, this is random. Like, I'm not doing some sleight of hand, right? Yeah, Zero impressive about what I'm doing right now. The next letter is, looks like a D. And the last letter for introducing John Carlo, and we can do these in any order, doesn't have to be in the same order, is a one. I mean, a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now introducing John Carlo Bernini, the very dynamic introvert. <laughs> That's so accurate. Does that work? That was very good. <laughs> Introducing the man with the incredible vernacular, the dynamo, the dynamic, Giancarlo Bernini. <laughs> what do you got? Where did your eye come? Incredible vernacular. Oh, I missed he the did. Incredible, he did vernacular. incredible vernacular. I just caught the two Ds. Yeah. He oh, just, I, right. doubled, I doubled down. Well, I'm a D. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got this. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to meet my very delightful eye friend. <laughs> <laughs> what? Eye friend? friend? Do you only know him via text? <laughs> we got very close during COVID over the internet. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. John Carlo. <laughs> Thanks for being my eye friend for all these years. Um, last comment from you as we close out the show and get ready for the bonus where John Carlo is going to be sharing a magic trick that you're going to want to tune in for v- Vocally and visually. That'd be on YouTube. <laughs> Check us out on YouTube at the underscore Beatitudes. At Shift 2. Last comments from you as we close out episode whatever. <laughs> <laughs> as we close out this episode. Yeah, no, just that uh, not only am I grateful for, for this, but I love, you know, magic, podcasting, uh music that you know the guests that you've had on here and just all the way that the church is kind of using so many unique things to 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 spread the gospel is is it's kind of exploding right now and i'm i'm in love with it so um i'm grateful that you guys are doing this because this this is good for the church and how how can people stay in touch with you how can they follow you how can they book you for a show like- yeah oh uh, uh catholicmagician.com my url uh, like i said it's not many of us i hopped on <laughs> i just like oh it's available um nice <laughs> CatholicMagician.com, uh, Bernini Magic on Instagram. Um, also, BerniniMagic.com for, you know, non-church events, so like sec- uh, secular, like corporate events or colleges and stuff, BerniniMagic.com. 
Awesome. Well, we are so excited to see you on the bonus show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today to what we're going to call a magic podcast. I heard you say magic, comma, podcast, but what I interpreted was magic podcast. This is an Oxford comma situation? No, that's the wrong thing. You just hit his love language. <laughs> this is true. This is I Nick's love jam. Oxford commas. Oh, it's crazy, like all day long. Oxford comma, like he all loves, day all day long, really. <laughs> he, <laughs> loves, he loves English grammar comma, and Oxford commas. <laughs> and spreadsheets. Yes, and spreadsheets. That's right. My Some cells. My friends, the Beatted Dudes, all of you, and Giancarlo, until next time, we'll see you in the Eucharist. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.